Look at my butt. Show number 266 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Listeners. Oh, our patient, patient, patient listeners. Yes. Shall we fill them in on our technical challenges? <laughs> we can do it very quickly so okay. it doesn't turn into a half hour of talking about technical difficulties. Uh, basically, well, first of all, you were on um, you were on an away mission and you got injured. So you were out of commission for a little while. Uh, yes, yes. And, and then your computer completely broke, like not a little broke, but a lot broke. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to do it on your uh, backup computer, and only some of it got recorded, which was a damn shame. So now we're doing it um, in a way that we haven't really done before, so we're really (laughs) hoping that this works out. And uh, fingers crossed that technology does not defeat us. But you're actually recording into an iPad right now. Yes, I am. That sounds a little different. And uh, those of you familiar with the iPad, well, you don't have to be. It's just uh, the headphones that I have at home with the microphone and everything, they do not hook up to the iPad. Mm -hmm. So I'm just talking to the iPad. And so we're hoping the sound will be acceptable. Yeah, so some ambient noise, but you you guys can deal with that. But uh, hopefully by next time around, we'll we'll have everything uh, set up, going the way we like. We'll run a level one diagnostic. We'll get things figured out. It'll be good. Very good. So we've got a bunch of, yes, we have a bunch of things to talk about. Uh, Number one is to remind people that the Galaxy Quest documentary is going to be playing in theaters, a Fathom event, on November 26th. Yes. If you live in a large city, you might want to go get a ticket for it because probably there's going to be an awful lot of people there. Well, I will be there. I got my ticket. I went online to Fathom events, purchased my ticket. I'm all set. Oh, that's and awesome. totally looking forward to this. Yes, it's going to be great. So go get your tickets if you haven't already. And then if you are interested in seeing um, Bill in Ticonderoga for the Trek tour, they're still selling some tickets for that, although I don't think there are too many left. I was somewhat uh, terrified to see that they are serving fried turkey <laughs> at the Thanksgiving dinner. Well, just I'm just going to throw this out there. If you go... Don't plan on eating because you're going to be busy putting out the fire. This is true. I'm sure everyone will be pressed into service to do that. Mm-hmm. And they don't, you know, it doesn't say that Bill will be frying the turkey. Oh, himself, but like but... he's not going to just shove somebody aside. and. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not going to be able to stop himself. He's, he'll be there. He'll be doing it. Yeah. Um, Bill's actually in Saudi Arabia right now doing a, a, a science fiction convention, which is amazing. I didn't think they had them there. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, he says he's having a good time. And in between arguing with people on Twitter, that's what he's doing. doing yes. Conventions. Yes. Okay. Well, rock on, Bill. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Bill, as always, is doing a million and one things. He's going to conventions. He's burning down people's houses. He's <laughs> shilling for all sorts of things. So we, we had three things that we wanted to talk about because they were kind of even for Bill a little bit uh, different than what he normally does. So I'll start with the easy one, which is that uh, Bill is shilling for the fact that you can now ride your electric bike, your e-bike in public places. 
this was a thing that you didn't used to be able to do, but they mm -hmm. changed the laws in the United States so that if you're in a, a public park, you can now take an e-bike onto public trails. You still can't ride you know, across the wilderness, you can't go mm -hmm. off-roading in your e-bike, but you can take an e-bike, which I think is so awesome, you know, for people who have accessibility issues or just aren't able to ride a regular bike. Now or, they've to, made or it to hike, you know, who don't, yeah. don't want to hike it. Now, is this state and national parks? Because that's what I was under the impression of. I think so. Let me uh, open the little tab here to because... see what it says. I mean, yeah, it... you, can, you can rent them at the park from the thing oh. I read. Mm -hmm. And I just yep. think that's great. It's the National Park Service, so great. that's great. And a majority of states have already adopted this, but now it's going to be a national thing. So when you're going in national parks. The reason that we mention this is because there was a tweet that was done by um, the guy who's the Assistant Secretary for Fish and Wildlife, the Department of the Interior. And... <laughs> Because Bill has shilled for e-bikes in the past, apparently he uses one to, mm -hmm. to ride around. It's a beautiful stock photo of like a dirt road in a park. And then there's this terrible, terrible Photoshop of Bill on an e-bike that is just as bad as like if you had cut it out oh, of yeah. a photograph with, with scissors and then taped it to this picture. Mm -hmm. yep. Plus the picture of Bill doesn't, I mean, it's, it looks like it's a Photoshop picture of Bill. It looks like it's someone else on the bike, and then they just kind of cut and pasted his little head on there as well. And it looks like he's floating. It does I look mean, like he's floating. he's supposed to be standing on this dirt road with the bike, but that's not what it looks like. No, it doesn't look good at all. And and there were a lot of comments underneath it saying, oh, it looks like somebody needs to learn how to Photoshop <laughs> really bad, cut and paste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but that's a good thing and good for you, Bill, for, for doing that because getting people out into the open, it, that's a good thing. Uh, can you imagine living in LA and seeing Bill cruise by you on his e-bike? Would that not be amazing? <laughs> well, you know, he um, apparently bought one for every member of his family. Mm -hmm. And he, he is saying, you know, they go on bike rides. I'm thinking they, you know, what is that? 10, 15 people with all the kids. They probably load them onto a truck and, and or, or whatever and go mm -hmm. outside L.A. because they're all going to ride around his ranch. Or, oh, that's true. Yeah. You know. Or maybe they go to Hawaii and do it there. Uh, yeah. Something. I just don't think Bill is going to go get groceries on his e-bike. <laughs> Good point. Good point, but you never know. You, you, just... you never know in Bill's world. <laughs> okay, the next thing that Bill is shilling for, we've mentioned this before, but Bill's really into cryptocurrency. <laughs> no. And uh, I, I don't think Bill understands what it is, number one, but that's okay. He doesn't understand a lot of stuff. Apparently, but he he that, that is true of almost everyone, including me. Mm, uh, me too. I mean, it's there's a lot of complicated stuff there. But what he has done is he is having a new company that he is either a founder of or, or uh, he's on the board or something like that. And it's called Third Millennia. It's the name of the company. And Third Millennia is not technically a cryptocurrency company. It's a blockchain company. And blockchain is this way of authenticating things. So 
it ties in with cryptocurrency because that's how the currency is actually authenticated. I mean, it's it's not that there's a piece like we have with our like regular currency where mm-hmm. it used to be on the gold standard and there was like the gold to back up what was printed. It's not like that anymore. But with cryptocurrency, it's authenticated through this algorithm. So now he's got a company that does blockchain authentication. And the reason he's doing it is simply because he wants to have a way of authenticating things that he signed or props or right. stuff that he's selling at auction. So it's a way to do a better authentication than is currently done because even with things like certificates of authentication, stuff is forged all the time. And if you go on eBay and you look for, you know, signed by William Shatner, I'm guessing half that stuff is just fake or you know, Xeroxed or something like that. It's not actually a thing. And so he wants to try to help, which is, you know, nice. And I think he wants to share that with other celebrities or people who who do it. So he's written, uh, written in quotes, this article (laughs) on Medium about this, how it works and the whole thing. And um, it was originally published in something called Diplomatic World, issue 61, autumn 2019. I don't really know what that is. What is Diplomatic World? Uh, a magazine for diplomats? Don't really know. Yeah. Um, and the weird thing about this article is that he refers to himself in the third person. So that that's the other reason I put those giant quotes around. Written so he's written it, but when he talks about himself, he's saying like, he blah, 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 blah. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. This is what William Shatner wants to do. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) It's so strange. So, uh, so that's all fine and good. But the thing that struck me most of all was that at the bottom of it, it says, um, you know, he's part of this. And then it also says who the CEO of third millennia is. And that surprised me. Yeah. The the CEO of third millennia is Paul Camuso. Right. Who is the guy who runs William Shatner's fan club. (laughs) And he runs uh, the website. Yeah. uh, If Bill and Bill is not at it, but if Bill is at a convention and wants to sell stuff, Paul is at that table for WilliamShatner.com or whatever. Yeah, so he's in charge, and I'm not sure what his qualifications are to be running a a cryptocurrency blockchain company. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess it's nice to be Bill's webmaster, Um, (laughs) you know. You get things out of it. Um, Maybe he has. Maybe he is really qualified. I don't know, but it it just for somebody who has seen like you and I have just seen Bill's orbit for so long Mm -hmm. to see someone who's been part of it suddenly get thrust into this position is slightly sketchy to me. Well, and because Paul has been like Bill's assistant or something for, well, at least as long as we've been doing the podcast, I believe. Yeah. I was going to say at least 10 years. Yeah. And he he started out as a, a volunteer, I think. He was just a guy. That well, was and we've Bill. corresponded with him. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's the guy who told us that we were one of the finalists for that contest that we entered a long time ago. Yes. Uh, where we had to record something and, and said, and he seems like a nice enough guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's very uh, efficient and polite to people and does a good job of keeping things running. But, yep, he's the CEO. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you go, Paul. I hope the perks yeah. are great. I hope you have a really golden parachute. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure that's part of it is that he's probably getting a big chunk of um, whatever is there, like, a, mm-hmm. you know, in the ownership, like stock options or whatever they're doing. I don't know. 
So now let's talk about the last one. And this is for me the most problematic. And, and I think you might agree with that. So back in uh, October, Bill tweeted this. Love a good mystery? You can join my friends Lost Clipper on their new expedition to see if there really was a secret ransom mission to rescue aviatrix Amelia Earhart using Pan Am Airways. Get tickets to participate online at this address. So there's a nice picture there, and it's a picture of a little island. There's a plane photoshopped in it, and it says February 20th, 2020. So as I mentioned before, Bill uh, has a terrible TV show called The Unexplained. Oh, yeah, we, we've talked about that. Yes, where he investigates things that aren't really unexplained and, and people make shit up all the time. <laughs> yep. So this, I think, is because some of the people involved with the unexplained are also involved in this Amelia Earhart thing. Mm -hmm. And boy, I mean, talk about sketchy. This just seems like a scam from so many different this ways. is This is not going to happen. It's like a phony... Um, Kickstarter. I was going to say it's like a phony kick me, and I knew that wasn't what it was. But that's what it feels like to me. You know, if, yes. they, were, if they were doing this as a, a Kickstarter or whatever the other ones are, mm -hmm. Kickstarter would have put an end to it by now. I, I completely agree. So I've, I've clicked to the page, and I will read some of what it says. So. Uh, right at the top, after 20 years of research and exploration, a retired U.S. Navy intelligence officer leads an expedition to a remote Pacific island to exhume long hidden bodies that expose a fateful secret mission to rescue Amelia Earhart from her Japanese captors. Okay, this would make a great TV movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it but, sounds like you're reading to me. The yeah. Pitch. Exactly. Imagine Amelia Earhart, Japanese captor, secret ransom mission. Ooh. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so here, this opportunity is not a dream, but a reality. Join Expedition 5 and become an exclusive member of an international family of researchers to discover, secure, and bring home the very first true missing American casualties of World War II, while also uncovering new evidence about the cover-up of what really happened to Amelia Earhart. Sure. Okay, wait. What happened to missions 1 through 4? I, I don't know why it's called Expedition 5. Expedition Maybe 5, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't say. It actually doesn't say. Hmm. So um, if you pay them $100, here's what you get. You will be able to connect with Expedition 5, colon, Lost Clipper. It's like they're already naming the movie, just as you said. Yes. Um, their private Instagram account and start receiving updates on mission preparations immediately. You will have continual access to the private Instagram account through the search days. You will see real-time pictures, videos, and updates from the team. You will receive an official Expedition patch, identical to the patch that only Expedition team members receive. <gasps> and you will see and know what is discovered before anyone else in the world. And then finally, you will be a member of the Expedition. Spoiler, you're not actually a member of the Expedition. <laughs> you're just getting access to their inter Instagram page. So no, right, right. you're not actually a member. Um, I, I also want to mention that um, you do this by getting your ticket through Eventbrite, <laughs> which okay, just strikes okay. me as hilarious in some yep, ways. Yep. So that's for $100. Basically, you're paying 100 bucks to be able to look at their Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, it doesn't seem like a good value. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like you're getting a lot, except for the patch, I guess. The patch seems pretty sweet. And you'll be able to buy it on eBay 
for less than 100. <laughs> in a, That's, you know. true. That's true. Uh, there's a picture of the patch. And, uh, you know, you can take this patch and I guess you could sew it on your clothes. They're suggesting that maybe you want to take the patch and um, frame it. Like it comes with a little certificate of authenticity. So <laughs> you could, you know, put it on your wall or something. So there's that. Um, but wait, there's more. Of course there is. If you're a rich person for Does a it very... Does say that? Uh, no, I just, that was my oh, okay. editorializing. <laughs> okay. uh, what it says is for a very exclusive and limited few, which translates to rich people, an opportunity awaits to experience Expedition 5 in person via first class international travel, mm. private VIP accommodations, world famous private diving experience, airport valet, meals, drinks, and boat charter with full participation access to the Expedition 5 team in Truck Lagoon and be present to personally see history literally change before your eyes. And the cost for that is a mere $150,000. Oh my God. So you, for the cost of, you know, uh, um, in some parts of the country, a house, you could go and be part of this expedition mm -hmm. and see what they're not going to discover and have it be like Al Capone's vault, I guess, where they'll just, <laughs> you know, open it and nothing is going to be there. Um, note that you're not actually going to be able to participate, right? Like when they're doing the diving and the, the digging up the stuff, you will be sitting in the boat looking at it from a, a safe distance. They're not going to let you do that stuff. Okay. You know what? This is making me think. Yes. First, there's the original TV movie, Expedition 5. What's it called? <laughs> uh, where is it? Uh, where is it? Oh, no. I can't even find okay, it well, Expedition. Oh, Lost Clipper. Expedition Lost, 5. Expedition yeah. 5, Lost Clipper. There's the TV yes. movie. It is a roaring success, so you know, they can't just <laughs> not do it. So they're going to do sort of a, a Tropic Thunder thing, which will be uh -huh. the making of <gasps> Expedition 5. But they oh will have God. actually planned this all while they were filming. And yes, the of course you're so right. And don't know if they're acting or if it's really happening. And because, uh, you know, for me, you can never get enough Tropic Thunder sort of things. You are 100 percent right about that. Yes, they <laughs> will be filming the making of at the same time that they're doing this. Because mm -hmm, yes, that's what they obviously. do now. Yes. Oh, my God. So, you know, it just seems like this is a huge scam, as you say, a Kickstarter oh, yeah. scam. And I don't doubt that some of the people who are involved in this really, truly believe that it's true. I, I think a lot more people involved in it are just doing it because it's a chance to get on TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's quite irresponsible of Bill to be pushing people to even to spend $100 to get access to an Instagram account. Like, yeah, come on, that's, that's not ridiculous. good. The only good thing about this is that there will be uh, search dogs. Who are going to be going on Scientific this trip? Scientific dogs. Yes, science oh, dogs. That. And one of the dogs is named Sadie, and it's a very nice-looking German Shepherd-type oh, dog. I wonder if it's one of Bill's dogs. I don't know. It's it's a real search dog that, that oh, works okay, with this guy. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's a very cute dog, I have to say. Maybe right. I'll put a picture of the dog up here. Yeah, I that think would everybody be great. would like to look. Yeah, and and in fact, with the picture of the guy who's the the search dude his name is James Janicki uh -huh. and Sadie Sadie is sitting next to him and, and he's sort of crouching and he's got his gear on and the dog is sitting there and and Sadie has her head sort of cocked to one side and that oh look, <laughs> which is super super cute 
So at least if you went and you spent $150,000, you'd get to hang out with a search dog. That'd be cool. Sadie, yeah. With Sadie, the search dog, who seems really cute and nice and all that. That's great. Go Sadie. I'm on Team Sadie. I am too. I totally am. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, I can't support this and I'm annoyed with Bill for for tweeting and supporting it. Oh my goodness. um, What will he do? Well, he did stem cells, which I hope isn't going to kill him. Oh, and really? now he, he's supporting, you know, the lost clipper thing, which won't kill anybody. Well, it might kill somebody, I suppose. Yeah. But, mm, oh, my God. All right. So that's my thoughts. Bill, cut it out. You don't need to do that stuff. <laughs> we'll you let don't you wear be... hats. We'll put up with hats. Really? This but, goes you know, far. I know he wants to support his friends and people that he does his business with, but he should have more sense. He well, really should. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yes. There we go. Okay. Let's talk about short treks. Yes. Because there, there are two of them and we need to discuss them. The third one has just dropped the other day, but neither of us have had a chance to watch that. So we're not going to talk about it. Uh, the two short treks, <clears throat> excuse me, that we've seen so far are Q&A and The Trouble with Edward. Yeah. And they are both uh, Enterprise short treks, which I thought was kind of interesting that they wait, decided wait, wait. to make. Enterprise. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought yes. you were referring to the series Enterprise. You're referring to the ship. Okay. The ship, the Enterprise. So they feature our cast of uh, new, newly revised TOS people. That's yes. what I mean. Yes, yes. So the first one, uh, so spoilers. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen them by now. But the first one is uh, a nice little, what do they call them when it's just two people? A two-hander? Yes. With, uh, Spock and number one stuck in an elevator together, which was pretty funny. And I it's Spock's say. first day on the Enterprise. That's right. So he just, you see him literally beaming aboard for the mm-hmm, first time. Mm-hmm. And then they are going up to the bridge and they get stuck in an elevator and they sort of have to keep themselves amused while the um, Scottish engineer is trying to fix things, which Scottish was hilarious. female engineer. Yes. Female Scottish engineer. That was very good. Um. You know, I thought it was it was cute. It was as long as it needed to be, mm-hmm. you know. I'm glad they did it as a short track. And it, it was nice to show them kind of building a relationship and also um, how Spock might have felt coming on a, the Enterprise for the first time. Uh, there's a whole discussion about how you can't show everything about you. You know, you have to be kind of close. And then it turns out that number one's uh, secret is that she really likes Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. It's just like, okay, whatever. That seems like a weird thing. And maybe not something that you want to hide from people. I don't know. It seems well, like uh, maybe. I have a little theory about that. Okay. And um, it's something that I was working on in a story be- shortly before I just quit writing. Um, Mm -hmm. But the idea that as a Starfleet cadet, as a a new officer or whatever, you know, there are are certain things, maybe, you you know, you have a a kink or maybe it's just kind of an an embarrassing project. You like to, you know, crochet my little pony things or stuff that doesn't (laughs) fit with the image of the tough Starfleet officer. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you would you would keep that to yourself. And maybe Mm -hmm. as you go up the ladder. Like, especially if you finally get your own ship, you're the captain of, at that point, it's an interesting quirk and you don't mm-hmm. mind people knowing it humanizes you as the mm-hmm, captain. Mm-hmm. But up until then, it's like hands off. And that's my theory. Okay. I can see that. I'm actually trying to think about stuff we might've known about Kirk. Mm-hmm. 
as the captain that that was totally divorced from his captaincy and you know they didn't give him a lot of stuff I mean they gave him history stuff but Mm -hmm. it wasn't that um you know oh what did they they make that joke about Pike like horses he really likes horses oh well I can think of an instance where somebody was keeping something to themselves not TOS though TNG Beverly Uh Crusher the dancing doctor oh yes yes that's right so there's a thing that's definitely a thing Mm -hmm. yeah but did we ever learn anything about Kirk that would that he like kept that? hidden from other people? That wasn't just related to, you know, like he had had romance with Ariel Shaw and, and you know, that's all yeah, not he, secret. Yeah. Yeah. Um I No, I mean in the, the dopey movie, not the good movies. You know, you have him as a a, a teenage delinquent pretty much stealing a car. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that's a stolen car. But like, you know, something that he continues to do into adulthood just because he likes mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. I, I don't, don't... I'm, you know, I'm going to have to think about this some more, but I'm not coming up with anything. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of um, in TNG when we, uh, not TNG, Jesus, in the TMP, that's it, the first mm-hmm. movie, um, when we're in his apartment and you see some of the stuff that's there, there isn't anything that stands out as like, Oh, he collects Beanie Babies, you know, like where you you saw it and you immediately thought, oh, that's a thing that he does that he doesn't talk about with other people. Well, and in Wrath of Khan in his apartment, McCoy actually says to him, get your command back before you become part of this collection. Collection of what? Yeah, it's just like you just don't. There's nothing. You Mm -hmm. don't see anything. And there's there's like, you know, nothing in his um, quarters. Like mm-hmm. a, a piece of decor, or, or didn't Picard have a fish tank or something? Yeah, he yeah. had that in his ready room. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Kirk has a lot of books, but that's not particularly quirky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. We might have to think about the things that, that Kirk has that are quirks that he doesn't tell other people about. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he really he really likes to eat cookie dough raw out of the <laughs> roll or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Something like that I could see him not wanting to tell people about. Okay, anyway, um, so that was fun, and it was cute, and I liked it, and I liked their performances, and I, I thought it was it was nice. Um, the Trouble with Edward is a, obviously a Tribble-centric episode, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I, you know, it was a funny premise, and it was a funny short track, but I gotta say, for me, it was sort of out of canon. I am not gonna consider that part of canon because it goes against so many things. It and... absolutely does. You know, we've talked before when they've shown triples on Discovery that mm-hmm. no, they don't. You know, anyway. But um, this to me, this episode was very problematic, mm-hmm. which is um, this young officer coming to take command of a science vessel and um, one of the the science people on the science team is like working with Tribbles and experimenting and it all sounded pretty creepy and he Mm -hmm. thinks they could be a food source. Yeah, Which is creepy too. But she says, we're shutting this down. Well, the way that character, Edward Daw, Mm -hmm. is portrayed throughout, he's a disturbed individual. He is, yeah. And I was wondering, you know, if he's on the autism spectrum or something. And if so, even if not, but he was in some way disturbed and obsessed with this. He was treated with no sensitivity at all. And then at the end, after there's this big disaster and she's called before the big boss of Starfleet and says, how does this happen? And she says, he was an idiot. 
And that mm-hmm. was the end. And I went, oh, my God, this is so this is so not Star Trek. It, it is. It really you know, bothered me. It, it was. I mean, it, you have to sort of say, OK, they did it for comedy purposes and it's not. You know, it was it was almost like a parody of Star Trek in some ways. And that thing that you just mentioned. So they do the thing that so many different shows do, which is that they portray him as a disturbed individual, clearly, because he's experimenting on these tribbles and he doesn't seem to care about whether they're sentient or not. Um, and that's one thing. But then they also portray him as a person perhaps on the spectrum or, or whatever, who has no social skills Mm -hmm. and they conflate those two things Yep. as if it means if you are not, um, you know, neurotypical, that that means you're a disturbed individual, Mm -hmm. right? That, that you, you can't be, um, not neurotypical and be fine because you'd think in Starfleet there would be room for everybody and mm-hmm. you don't have to be neurotypical to work in Star Trek Starfleet you can be who you are and everybody's going to be valued for what they're able to mm-hmm. bring to the job mm-hmm. so the fact that they put those two things together and make them the same is super annoying because that's just ableism right like right don't do that that's not a good thing to do no and in a way now that we're talking about it what you're saying about you know how they conflate it and everything it's kind of like ableism's version of blackface. Yeah, it is. Or isn't it, really it is. funny how he can't mm-hmm. relate to anyone and he goes around in his underwear and mm-hmm. then he dies in a horrific way and Yeah. No, yep. that's not funny. That's not entertaining. No, and you're supposed to be I guess it's supposed to be funny that he gets uh, killed by the Tribbles because uh-huh. he deserved it. Like that was his comeuppance, right? Yes. Was for for all of yes. that, and yet, you know, it's unclear what happens to him. Is he suffocated? Do the Tribbles eat him? That's oh, what I was thinking. I don't know. And also, again, they do this for laughs, but he he some he genetically alters the Tribbles who. It's established at the beginning that they actually have a very slow breeding cycle, and he's mm-hmm. managed to do it, as the doctor says, oh, they're born pregnant, just like McCoy said. Mm-hmm. And so they, you see the tribbles in their little cages, and the their babies are basically popping out of them, like literally, like popcorn. It looks like popcorn. Yes, yes. That, that's, that's not okay. Come on. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, haha, it's funny. Okay. It's not that funny, actually. And let's not make this part of canon because I don't think that's all right. See, now, the triple thing I would like to see that is at least mentioned in canon and I think could be played for laughs is when the Klingons had the great triple hunt. Mm -hmm. I think that could be fun or at least interesting. This just, no, no, this should not be part of Star Trek. And boy, threw me for a loop in a, yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And also, uh, not to get too uh, nitpicky in that way, but it's already been established in canon in the animated series, which is canon, mm-hmm. that the Tribbles came from a world where they did breed fast and there were natural predators that kept the population under control. Right. And it was only when they were taken off that planet that the problems started to happen. Right. So they were on a planet that was in balance and it was mm-hmm. us. That made things go out of balance. Gee, so. wow. Yeah, amazing, right? Like that. How could that happen? <laughs> Human beings would never do that. <laughs> 
So yeah, so yeah, that one wasn't so good. So the new one is called uh, something. I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, Ask Not. It's called Ask Not, and it's Are a Pike centric Are you sure it's not episode. called Expedition Six? <laughs> It should be Expedition Six. Ask not. So <laughs> okay. we'll uh, we'll see what what um, my my second favorite captain has to say about things in Ask Not because it's a Pike centric episode. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then the next one is supposed to drop in December, and mm-hmm. it's the first animated one. So <gasps> wow. that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that that will be cool. And there is no release date, as far as I can mm-hmm. tell, as to when Discovery is going to start again. You know, honestly, with the exception of this Edward one, I am so enjoying the short tracks that I'm thinking this is this is an opportunity they should be looking at as not just feeding this to us to keep us happy until Discovery comes along again, but just having like Twilight Zone. Those stories weren't mm-hmm. connected or you yeah. know, in an arc. It's like here's a, a, a half hour or 20 minute short story about Star Trek. And it might be characters yeah. you've seen before. It might be somebody new. Here's another one. Here's a, I. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot of fun. You know, if it was a weekly thing, I'd love it. It would be great. I, and it would be you a said... great way to to get a lot of. Um, first of all, to give work to a lot of good people. You mm-hmm. know, like in the days of Twilight Zone and and uh, you know Boris Karloff and Alfred Hitchcock, all those people working. You know, one week gigs. Mm-hmm. But it, it would also, I think give some of the writers who really want to explore Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, like a foot in the door. I, I agree. Um, I, you just said the word short story and that was exactly what I thought, you know, mm-hmm. the, the way that, um, discovery is going the series arc is like a novel and then you're seeing the chapters of the novel why not get back to the short story stuff Mm -hmm. like why not both right we doesn't have to be one or the other we could have all of that and to do those little ones i think as you say it would just be so good to do it and maybe that's a way that we could keep up with the the crew of the enterprise or Mm -hmm. other people as well as following what's going on with the guys in discovery it would be awesome yeah and all of the the short tracks from last year tied into an episode of discovery eventually Mm -hmm. this would not have to be true if the way i imagine it Mm -hmm. i i agree it could be just unrelated not not unrelated but obviously within the same universe or Mm -hmm. with tertiary characters that right we yeah i mean and you can even see them doing it as like an intro to some of the other series that they're proposing mm-hmm. like I, it would be great to have a short trek with georgie right because she's going right. to have a series eventually why not do some short stuff to kind of check in on her and see where she is and that could set things up for her series that would be very smart of them actually it would be kind of fun too to have a, a short episode of whatever happened to shelby yeah from, oh. T- from tng you know, some of these people, whatever happened to Harry Mudd? Yep. You know, yep. I mean. I agree. We I did have a Harry Mudd uh, short track last time, but I think, you know, I think there's a lot to explore there. And really, that's some of what fanfic has done. I don't think in the earliest days, I don't think fanfic was novels, although you see a lot of novel length and serial novels mm-hmm. or, or you did when we were involved in it um i think it really was a lot of little short stories i think so too people and wanted i always to... took a lot of pleasure in in writing those and, and reading those 
Yeah, because you had an idea and you wanted to do it and get it out there and you didn't need to build a, a whole giant structure around mm-hmm. it. It was just a thing where you wanted to say one thing and that's what those short tracks are like. Let's just say a thing and yep. keep it short and it doesn't need to be any longer than it is. Yep. It just is a little hit and those are good. So yeah, they should do it. The thing about them, and I don't know if this is true, but it seems like it is, you know, they have, they have the stuff, they have the sets, mm-hmm. they have the costumes, they have the actors. Is it that expensive to do a short trek versus doing an entire episode, especially like, let's take um, Q and a, the special effects for that were not very much. There were a couple of scenes where you got to see, the inside of the ship and how the turbo lifts were, which was quite cool. I liked seeing that, mm-hmm. but the bulk of it was the two of them standing in a room <laughs> yeah, and, and talking to each other like that was not expensive to film. So right. and then they, they went to the bridge, which again, they've already got, they've already got all this stuff. So why not use it? Especially mm-hmm. if, you know, they're not quite sure what they're going to be doing with um, the crew of the enterprise and Pike at this point seems inevitable that they're going to have to do some kind of series they could just you know like use that stuff man keep it going yep that would be great i'd watch it yeah well that's what i think and i think you and i are in agreement and we're always right so they should be doing what we say they should do it yep yeah okay good Ah, wow. That was a lot of talking. Okay. I think now we are going to take our break and we're going to turn it over to our past selves who talked about some other fun stuff. Um, So thank you for listening to the first half. And now we we will um, take our break and present the second half of our show. And then we'll see you again, probably, hopefully in a couple of weeks with even more because gosh, there's a lot more Trek stuff. There's so much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. And we're back. We are back with more trekkiness. All right. So uh, shall we talk about Picard? Yes. Now, in my pre-show viewing, I just watched that as well. Mm-hmm. And again, I have thoughts. <laughs> I was way more excited for, for the show after seeing the new trailer than I was for the original trailer, which they showed at Comic-Con or something. Oh, that just okay. had like him and the dog. And this one was just so much better, and, you know, Troy's in it, and Seven of Nine is mm-hmm. in it, and, and Frakes is in it, and it was just like, oh, this feels so much more like Star Trek. It made me feel really interested and good, and there was mm-hmm. action and stuff, so I'm kind of psyched to see this now. I really am. Okay, one thing you just said kind of sums up my thoughts, which is, ooh, it feels like Star Trek. It feels like a Kirk movie. (laughs) Because there's one point where they're like, they say something that sort of implies that, you know, like Picard going off against Starfleet orders. Mm. Oh, no, he's at it again. And I'm going, no, that was Kirk. 
that, and yeah. also this idea of that Starfleet has turned into this um, lost its mission, lost its point of view, lost its integrity sort of organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that seems to be kicking off way too many things in the whole Star Trek world in the past several years. It does. And plus, you know, um, as you said before, so insightfully, sometimes the way they do Trek is like it's corporate, right? And that's what happens in a corporate atmosphere is like you get too old and then you have to retire and you go away and you're not allowed to participate anymore. Where yeah. previously we've seen people in positions of power at Starfleet who looked like they'd been around for a long time because they have mm -hmm. all that experience, you know? You don't just get put out to pasture because you're old and you've outlived your usefulness unless you do it voluntarily and then you're like Kirk and you're mm -hmm. really pissed off that you made that choice because it was a stupid choice. So is this the same thing with Picard? Like forced retirement or he chose to go have a dog and solve crimes and grow wine and now he's the unhappy <laughs> admiral there as well? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, so I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. Of course I'm going to watch it. But that was my very first thought was this is not... A, a Picard type story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think part of their their reason for bringing back, um, you know, uh, Riker and Troy and Seven and and some of the other people is so that Picard doesn't have to operate alone. He's got his little band of ragtag warriors with him to do mm -hmm. this because he's not the kind of guy who's ever going to go it alone, right? He needs to have yeah. a group with him. He, mm -hmm. He's not that rebel like Kirk might be where he would where he would do stuff by himself because that's the kind of person he is well yeah it's like the search for Spock Kirk's initial thing after that admiral says Jim you're not going is he says I'm going I'll, I'll do it by myself and and mm -hmm. then the others join in right. but his initial thing is I'll, I'll go alone I could do this I'm Jim Kirk <laughs> I'm Captain Kirk. I can do anything I'm Captain Kirk yeah yeah so, so um it will be interesting to see how this develops, mm -hmm. but um, I'm going, hmm, I think, that, I don't know. We'll just see. It just struck me that way, and the more they showed and everything, the more I was like, that's not Picard. Well, you know, <laughs> or, I think. Um, I know in the last movie they made Picard into like an action figure. You know, they got him buffed up and gave him some action, so maybe we're all yes. supposed to think that's who he is now, but. That's what I was going to say, is that I think um, Patrick Stewart got a taste of being an action hero and was like, oh, this is good. I can see Picard doing this at 97 years old or whatever he's yeah. supposed to be in this, you know. So that's going to be interesting as well. I want to see how they deal with it, you know, given longer lifespans and all that. But still, mm -hmm. he's not going to be, uh, you know, swinging from uh, – platform to platform like he's in a video game at that age yeah he's gonna have to leave the physical <laughs> like he's a stuff. mario brother like yeah a like super it's, mario like, brother <laughs> exactly so he's gonna hmm. have to leave some of that to the other people and the other people not just being Riker because he's older too right he, he's not gonna yeah. be out there being the the action hero away team um, mm -hmm. I have to say, I love Jonathan Frake's performance when he's oh, like yeah. doing, doing dishes or whatever, and and you hear the kid's voice going "Dad," and he goes "What?" <laughs> it was so, <laughs> <laughs> so good, so very yes, very good. Yes, yes, and he's now, still tall. Oh, so he's that's still good. tall. <laughs> yeah, he's retained that part of his acting persona, so that's yeah. That's yes. Awesome. Um, now you sent a video about okay Picard's i gotta tell you how daughter. i found it okay after i watched 
the Picard trailer, this little blurb came up saying something about, now find out that Picard has a daughter in the show. And I Mm -hmm. went, what? So I clicked on it. You know, I'm easy for clickbait. Mm -hmm. And everybody, we are going to post this link, and I am ordering you to go watch it. I've only seen half of it so far that I had to come do this. But this is deep dive fan thing. Oh, oh my and god. And after watching like five minutes of it, you're going, wow, 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 what? Because it's dates and this is inconsistent. And we know from this it was this date. So 25 years have passed. No, it's been 37 years. And it goes on and on like this. And it's so much fun if you have been involved in crazy fandom discussions like we have. Uh-huh. And I just I just was enjoying the hell out of it. But my big question was, have the Okudas seen this? Because they are the keepers of the chronology. And I would just, Mm -hmm. I'm really thinking we should write to them and say, if you have seen this, just this trailer part, (laughs) we want to know what your response is. Because it's it's mind-boggling. It really is. And I have to say, as I was watching it, and then they started to get into the thing, I was like, time travel oh no (laughs) (laughs) and shins on and this and and the the other reason i was enjoying it was i couldn't sit there and go well no that's wrong because it's explained because i know you know my knowledge of tng comes down to the names of the characters basically and so when they're saying this couldn't happen because in such and such a movie so and so and so i'm like really wow yeah that does sound inconsistent you know (laughs) So I, I think I can sum. I didn't finish watching the whole thing because it's 20 I minutes either. long. I watched about 15 minutes of it. And the, what they're saying is that in the trailer, there's a woman named uh, Dodge. And they are theorizing that she is Picard's daughter and that she is um, a clone created by the Romulans who got Picard's DNA. And somehow she's part Borg. Yes. So, that's the theory and the whole rest of it is explaining how that could possibly happen and it has to do with the episode yesterday's enterprise where mm. um Yar, see i didn't get that far yes okay. tasha wow. Yar got sent back in time and then became the mm-hmm. mother of the romulan um Asila, who we saw later on and so mm-hmm. she was able to clue the romulans into the fact that picard was going to be this amazing person and that they should have uh, a clone of him and that's how shinzon happened and that's how this woman happens as well so Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) you know it's it's time travel it's super complicated i would just want to read you a couple of the comments below oh god i hadn't even gotten to the comments okay it's really good um this person says damn i thought i was a star trek nerd this dude takes it to a whole new level which i could not reach (laughs) (laughs) this is why i want everyone to go see this yeah uh, my brain hurts. However, this theory is as well written as I have seen from J. Michael Straczynski, layers upon layers. Mm. Um, yeah, which I thought was really good. Uh, my favorite comment here is, this reminds me of a dog chasing its tail, goes around and around <laughs> till it gets nowhere. <laughs> and falls down. <laughs> and falls down and then looks at you like, oh, what just happened? Yeah, it's oh. your fault. <laughs> so, my, so, yes, everyone should watch it. It's really good, even though there are ads in the middle, which you'll need to skip over. Um, yes. My most favorite thing about this video, which is very well done, I have to say, it's, it's a lot of clips, most of which are repeated because of fair use, and then there's a guy doing narration, so you don't really have and to watch it. And he's good. 
He's the very narrator good. Yeah. Is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could just listen if you want to just have it open mm-hmm. in a window. But he constantly calls it the Picard show, which, as I said before, <laughs> makes me feel like it's a variety show. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here doing jazz hands, you know. Really? Just like, you know, all those great shows that we've had. The, it was the, the Danny Kay show and, you know. Yeah, the Carol Burnett show. The, yeah, the Jean-Luc Picard show starring. And at the beginning of the show, there is a giant circle and a monogram of JLP. <sighs> and it like he, he beams in in front of it and walks down and introduces the show. That's right. He does his little monologue and he talks about yep. the great guests that he he's going to have on. And then he introduces the band leader who's probably like Kay Kaiser or somebody. And then, you know, he's he's just um, going through all the great people who work on the show. Yep. And then he says, so let's get things rolling. Engage. And then they do the first musical number. Engage. It Make it so. Um, also, it's going to be on the same channel. But of course, later but the same channel as um career day in uh the shire <laughs> yes most definitely yes, yes. that's where oh all God. our little shows and the tom bombadil show with the puppets <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh picard show still never does not fail to crack me up every single time <laughs> Picard show. Well, that's what we got to call it then. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, what else would you call it? It's the Picard show. It's starring the Picard Jean-Luc show. Picard. Yep. Um, I, I, I envision, uh, the, I hear it in my head kind of the way the voiceover did it for the Honeymooners, you know, like this sort uh-huh. of bombastic Broadway stagey kind of voice saying it, whoever they hire to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that will be good. Yes. Um, okay. So the last topic on the list is something that um, I thought would be pretty interesting. And I have thoughts, and I'm sure you have thoughts. I've been mm-hmm. still listening to the Inglorious uh, Trexperts, which is a really good show, and you guys should listen to it. They have really good guests, and they discuss these interesting topics. And I think I'd mentioned that last year, at the end of last year, they'd done a top 50 episodes or something, which I thought was pretty Mm -hmm. good, even though I disagreed with some of them. So building on that, they decided to talk about in two separate episodes, the most underrated Trek episodes and then the most overrated Trek episodes. And now are they going through all the Treks? Yes. Okay. That's correct. So it was from each series that of course, these guys are particular fans of TOS. So they tended to focus more on that. And I thought what they had to say was really good. Sometimes there were some personal biases that came into it. But on the whole, Mm -hmm. I I felt like they were good. So um, I'll I'll tell you a couple things that they said, which I thought was very interesting. Number one was that one of the underrated episodes that they talked about was uh, Return of the Archons. And I agree with that. It was Mm -hmm. the first episode where Kirk talked a computer to death. So that was relevant. Um, and it also had them, uh, you know, violating the prime directive and then justifying it afterwards. So that was another interesting aspect mm-hmm. and, you know, showed them trying to go undercover and, and, um, characters being possessed by other forces. There was a lot of Trek tropes that became, unfortunately, uh, you know, overused later on, but this mm-hmm. episode was the first time that you saw a lot of that stuff and it seemed wow. very fresh to see it. Also, what they didn't mention was that, of course, William Shatner looked amazing in his oh. costume. So, Oh, my yeah. God. Yes, yes, We yes. can't forget that. So I thought that was a good choice. Um, one of the other uh, 
overrated episodes and and the guy who mentioned it i can't remember who said it and i thought this was an interesting choice he said what was overrated for him was um harlan ellison's original script for city on the edge of forever and I agree with that. I've read that original script. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, on the show, I talked about the comic book adaptation of it, which mm-hmm. was interesting. And he said all of the things that you and I had said about it, which is that it's interesting science fiction, but it's not Star Trek at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people are always talking about how amazing it was. I mean, Harlan never shut up about how amazing it was. Oh, and yeah. And was, it won the award. The award. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's. As a Trek episode, no, it just didn't no. work. So viewing it as this piece of, you know, um, the best thing that could have happened that we never saw is not mm-hmm. correct. So I'm I'm down with that. Um, yep. So here's another one that I also agreed with. They said that Best of Both Worlds mm-hmm. is overrated for a very specific reason. And I am totally on board with this reason, which is... Part, part one is so interesting because of the conflict between Riker and Brent. Oh, excuse me, Shelby. Shelby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is the core of that episode is that mm-hmm. they finally brought somebody in to challenge him who was as smart as he was, who was as ambitious as he was, who was a bit of a hothead, who was willing to do what needed to be done. And she was very forthright about the fact that she wanted his position on the ship. Yes. And, yes. and said, you know, what the is wrong with you? You're, you've been here forever. Why, why aren't you off doing mm-hmm. things? You should do it. And it, that dynamic was fantastic. And then Picard gets captured by the Borg and they drop it. And she's basically not in the second half mm-hmm. because they didn't know what to do. Um, and so as they discussed this, um, what it, it turned out, it, realistically, what had happened was they weren't sure what was going to happen at the end of that season, whether they're going to they were going to be renewed or not. And the guy who wrote the episode was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm just going to put a cliffhanger in here. And next year, people can figure out what happens in part two. You know, I had always heard that it was due to contract negotiations with Patrick Stewart that they weren't or, or with Frakes or with somebody, but they weren't sure that person was going to come back. And what I've always wondered is, what was the plan if, you know, maybe it was Patrick Stewart. If he left, so Frakes became the captain and Shell became on as his um, XO. Well, that may have been part of it, too. But the reality was there was no plan. (laughs) Because the person who was writing the script just threw their hands up and said, somebody else deal with this mess. I'm not doing it. So there was literally no plan for how they're going to resolve it. Yeah. And, and it sucks because Shelby was such a good character and they should have had more with her. They should have had more with her and Riker, but they just booted it out the window and made it a Picard rescue mission. And like, Mm -hmm. you literally see her for like five minutes in part two after she's been on screen for, you know, a good half of part one. So, I'm totally down with all that. Mm-hmm. So, having said all that, do you have thoughts about underrated and overrated Trek episodes probably in the, the TOS variety? Well, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot to choose from because I, there are moments in episodes that we really like. And I definitely see that some of them are overrated and um, 
for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that's my opinion. So I'm curious. I'm curious as to what you think. Well, it always surprises me uh, when people. I can understand why, but when people do not like Dagger of the Mind, um, because mm-hmm. I, I like it for the Helen Noel thing and for the the, the romantic aspect, but um, the story itself with this mad doctor, you know, who's using basically mind manipulation, mind erasure techniques is, is, is interesting, well told. It moves along at a good clip. But I think the people who do mm-hmm. not like it is uh, there is so little of enterprise and Spock and everything going on. Mm. But th- yeah, to me, that is surprisingly underrated. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, I I think so. I don't hear a lot of people mention that when they say that it's in their top. No, that's no. For sure. And I I happen I happen to like that one quite a bit. And that that article yeah, that really uh, I think I posted yeah to the the Facebook uh, our Facebook page recently about a, a bunch of Kirk's romances. They had the whole backstory on Helen Noel so wrong, and I was glad to see in the <laughs> comments on the article and in comments on our Facebook page, people were going that's right you know so our work is done (laughs) it's important yeah it's important to set the record straight um i i think that um and and the guys on the podcast said this too i think trouble with tribbles is overrated honestly you know when i watch it now it's funny Mm -hmm. but it's it's all played for laughs. Like there's very little drama happening underneath it. And Kirk is just so pissy for the whole episode. Well, yeah, he's angry. He's snapping at people and it's like, okay, it's funny, but that's not the way Kirk would act. So if you're accepting it like the short mm-hmm. track as a comedy episode, it really works. But as a Star Trek episode, I feel like people love it for nostalgia mm-hmm. reasons. And as an episode, it actually doesn't hold up that well. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. And the strange thing is, like you're saying, there's no drama. But when it starts out, you know, something is actually at stake. Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then that's sort of... Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it just goes mm-hmm. away. And um, they, it's it's just... Plus, it's it's got the structure of sort of a Doctor Who episode where... They go to the ship and then they beam to the space station and then they go to the ship and then they beam to the space station. And there's just a lot of back yeah, and forth thing, yeah. you know, like the way the doctor's always getting captured and escaping mm-hmm. and captured and escaping. So that kind of bugs me. I think they could have done without a lot of it, like half the stuff that they beam over to the space station for it. They could have just talked yeah. <laughs> through the subspace radio. He didn't have to go there. So it, that that is like time filling mm-hmm. they're, they're doing time filling so they can do that and then of course the ending where you know they beamed all these little triples over to the yeah. ship, which seems like a horrible horrible thing yeah. to do well I've, I've told you before i think um that it to me it was a very typical um 60s light-hearted drama ending where they all just kind of look at each other and go ah, ha, 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 uh-huh. for no reason mm-hmm. you know it's just like really yeah, so so that goes into that goes into my overrated uh, category. Do you have one that you feel is um, overrated, generally speaking? Well, you know, it's 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 very difficult because um, 
you know, I have my hated episodes, the ones with kids and things like that, but <laughs> I don't think anybody likes those. Um, no. Do I have an overrated one? Like one that everybody puts in their top ten and you're like, nah, that's not a top ten episode. Uh, it's a very good episode, but I would not put it in the top ten for my own personal feelings. And um, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's the one that's written <laughs> like the, the Enterprise is a submarine and Sarek is a Romulan. Oh, ba- Balance of Terror, that Thank one? Thank you. It's a very good episode. but um, And there are moments in it I really like, but I would not put it in my top ten. And that's one of the ones okay. that people bring up all the time that, you know, if oh, there definitely. was somebody coming to Trek new, that's what you should show them. And yeah. uh, maybe it's for me because it was more about strategy than about the characters. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, what is it about it that doesn't elevate that episode yeah, for you? To... Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just mm-hmm. if I was doing my top 10, I don't think that would be in it. Good, interesting choices. I'm trying to think of one that I think is is underrated um, that people just don't seem to like. I've been watching Trek's been on um, what is it? Heroes and Icons. Oh, Heroes and Icons. Yeah. So I've been catching episodes as we're going along. Um, There are always something good in the episodes, um, but watching them now you know i get impatient sometimes mm-hmm. with how long they're taking to do things the deadly years was on last night oh. and i was like get on with it it's just yeah, so but is, boring is that of one it. of anybody's top 10 i don't think it is yeah. i really don't think it is um, you know what i think does not appear in enough top 10 lists we're no yeah. we're no man I agree with you. I totally agree with you. There's so much good in that one. And they, and it's a it's a very one. tight um mm-hmm. episode. You know, and there's not a lot it, of drag. Yeah, and it benefits from some amazing performances by by pretty much everybody mm-hmm. in there. You know, they're they're like so serious about it and mm-hmm. as we've said many times before, you know, Bill just hits the ground running as Kirk. That Kirk that he was in that episode yeah. was the same guy we saw through all 79 episodes and that never changed which is an incredible feat yes yes Um, and you know now that i know a lot more about bill's career not everything but prior to star trek except for like alexander the great he really had not played characters like that he played Mm -hmm. bad guys um he was like the lead in a few shows that failed you know lawyer shows and things like that mm-hmm. he did so much light comedy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that um yeah yeah i i think the the lawyer shows were kind of a run-up to this in a in a way, in a way I mean, those but- guys that he played they weren't action heroes, right? Like no. they were just um, smart guys who were doing the mm-hmm. right thing and on the side of good and all that. So, right. So there's that yeah. aspect of it. But, you know, Bill has even said that getting in shape for Alexander the Great and doing all that and doing his own stunts and everything else, I mean, it really prepared him to play Kirk. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think that was, for him, that was probably the breakthrough mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Maybe, you know, it, it got him the role in Star Trek, but I think it, it showed him that he could be that character. Like, he had it in him mm-hmm. um, to, to be 
the action hero, the leader, yep. the captain, the person who was doing it in a way that was really convincing. So, um, yeah, I, I think people don't talk about Alexander that much except to kind of make fun of it. But I think that was probably one of the most significant things that happened to Bill. So maybe oh, that's yeah. my underrated Trek episode. My, my all-time underrated Trek episode is Alexander the Great. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Oh, well, my all-time then uh, underrated one is Galaxy Quest. (laughs) You know, when you think about it, though, people say, you know, Kirk was this um, sort of lightning in a bottle thing where the actor, perfect actor, met the perfect role. What's even Mm -hmm. more astounding, though, is in that same show with Nimoy and Spock, they had it twice. Yeah. Because, boy, did Nimoy set a template there. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I would say you could even extend that to McCoy. You know, I can't imagine anybody else playing that role and being the kind of character that he was and sort of embodying that mm-hmm. and playing so well off the other two. I I think that that was yeah. um, kind of amazing that they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Ah, well, good. Um, So, listeners, we would love to hear what you think. Um, If Mm -hmm. you think that um, there are other underrated, overrated episodes that you'd like to talk about, um, we'd love to hear it. And it doesn't have to be from here. You know, it's funny, on the podcast, they were mostly focusing on TOS and TNG, and they did bring in a couple from Voyager and, Mm -hmm. you know, DS9. But honestly, it's... It's it's they were struggling <laughs> to come up with really interesting examples from each one. I think for most people, the the Enterprise episodes are just they blur together, and even the mm-hmm. Voyager episodes. You know, there are so many mediocre episodes. Yeah. It's hard to pick one that you would you would say, oh, that's really underrated, and people mm-hmm. should appreciate this more. Like, really, a Voyager episode? Okay, if you think so. What um what were some of their choices for overrated, underrated? Oh, um, so besides Best of Both Worlds um, and The City on the Edge of Forever, Return of the Archons, oh gosh, um, they they cited a couple from DS9 that were definitely underrated. I knew which ones that they were talking about. The Voyager Mm -hmm. ones, I just had no idea at all because I don't know Voyager and I don't know Enterprise. Um, What was the TOS one? Oh, one of them was saying he thought that the inner light was really overrated. Really? Because I was just thinking about that because that's one at least that I know fairly well. I've seen it more than once. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was trying to think, what are my feelings about that? And in many ways, you could say it's overrated because it's not really a Star Trek episode. It's something Um, else that's bookended by Star Trek. Yes, that was exactly the point, was that mm. it's not a Star Trek episode. It's it's an episode of something, mm-hmm. and it's Patrick Stewart, you know, acting his little heart out and everything, but it's not a Star Trek episode. Right. So while while it's good, it, it doesn't fit with everything else. And as if you're going to list your Star Trek episodes, you should probably leave that one out because it's just <laughs> not it's not one it's good but it's not a star trek episode well and it's like a tos you should leave out gary seven i'm not saying that's anybody's favorite episode but i'm just saying that was for a spinoff that didn't happen and it's dull 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 Mm -hmm. yeah and it doesn't focus on our characters yeah pretty much at all you know they're sort of guest stars and bill looks awful in that raincoat so 
it's over. Oh, he does. It doesn't suit him at all. It's really <laughs> not a good suit. Not a good look at all. Um, well, listeners, you should go and listen to those two episodes mm-hmm. of Inglorious Trexperts because they're really interesting and, and see if you agree with what they had to say. Yeah. And if you are familiar with some of the other ones that they talk about, that would be uh, a, a good perspective to have. So I like those kinds of discussions. Oh, you know? yeah. I think everybody has a slightly different perspective on what counts as underrated or, or overrated. I'm sure if, if I went through the whole Trek canon and looked at uh, all the TOS episodes, I could probably pick a few more. I just forget what there is until mm-hmm. it's on TV. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this one for a while. What you, is going on now? You know, I'm not saying it's overrated. But while we were talking, something occurred to me that I never thought of before about City on the Edge of Forever, the episode. It is a uh-huh. great episode. The reason it's a great episode is we've talked before about how I hate the ending of Harry Potter, right? Because the price mm-hmm. he pays isn't big enough. Kirk saves, right. saves the universe, yay! It's a huge price. It's really, mm-hmm. it really fits into the hero's journey in that way. And it's, it's a price, I mean, like losing Reyna is not the same thing. We saw that relationship in its TV way develop over what was representing a few weeks at least mm-hmm. and and yeah then he had to to let her die mm-hmm. so there really was a big price that he paid there and i think that yeah. even if people are not quite aware of it that is why it's such a good episode because mm-hmm. we see that where he's like oh i'm sorry Raina died i wish i could forget or whatever but Everything that leads up to that doesn't lead to that moment, really. Mm-hmm. And in yeah, and City on the Edge, it does. Bill, yeah, Bill and Bill conveys that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you never doubt that he's feeling what he's feeling, and he knows what the price is. He's great. He just yep. really embodies all that. It's mm-hmm. it's so amazing, so yeah. amazing. Yeah, that is a great episode. So, and I yeah. think it's pretty much on everybody's list. Yeah, and that was not in Harlan Ellison's script, so there you go. Mm, okay, well, there we go. Um, you know what I yeah. always love hearing, though, is why people think this episode is great and this episode is crap, and a lot of times they'll point out things that, you know, I just hadn't thought about. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. So, yeah, listeners, go ahead and, and start a conversation, perhaps on our Facebook page. Yeah. So you can talk about it, which would be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Well, I think we've talked a lot. And so we should probably be wrapping this up. Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to podcast uh, fairly regularly from now on between now and the end of the year with all of that. And uh, you'll be out of the infirmary soon, one one hopes. (laughs) We hope. We we shall see. I seem to be doing pretty well. And and my my message to everyone what i've learned from this injury something i believe i had sensed all my life on a deeper level but now i know cleaning is dangerous mm, mm-hmm. hire professionals yeah yep. i um yeah i can get on board with that definitely mm-hmm. yep yeah leave it leave it to the experts that's right as you should do in most circumstances yeah don't break your foot so... in your closet <laughs> <laughs> 
So thank you, listeners, for sticking with us and listening to our silly show and being such good fans and posting on our Facebook page and all the rest of that. Um, We will try to get this posted soon, and we will be back with another episode uh, just as soon as we possibly can. Okay. So until next time, as always, live long and And potluck. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.